a privilege of mine and Lori to be able to come back and worship with you this morning. And, uh, and I, I hope and pray that everyone up here in the community and in this area has been safe through the virus and through everything that's been going on. I know it's been a difficult time for the last six, nine months, somewhere in that time. And really, when we look at it, we think about it, if we go back to before the last election, we can find difficulties and struggles that have came about the world and our nation. So as we look this morning at God's Word, and as I'm opening up, turn with me, if you will, to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to take a passage from the prophet Isaiah. I'm sorry, the prophet Elijah. Prophet Elijah. If I can find a place, I want to kind of bring back a little bit to where we are in God's Word. Elijah had met at Mount Carmel, and he had had his conflict with the prophets of Baal. 450 of them. And God sent down fire from heaven. And he lapped up all of Elijah's offering, the altar, the trench of water that was dug around it, everything. God accepted and God took. And it was after that Elijah slew those 450 prophets of Baal. Well, Ahab brought back to Jezebel what had happened to those prophets. And Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. And it's found in chapter 19, verse 2. So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. She told Elijah... I'm coming for you. I'm coming to kill you. And may the gods kill me, speaking of the gods of Baal. May they kill me if I don't kill you. This rattled Elijah. And Elijah, he, he, he left. He, he fled. He fled and he, he took off into the wilderness. And it was there when he went across all of that and got into the wilderness for I want us to pick up on him. And this morning, it was an angel that had came to him and had ministered to him and had fed him and told him to, to go and to take off and to, and to, to follow him. He had somewhere to take So I'm going to start reading in verse 8. For this morning's passage. And he, Elijah, arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? 
And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so then, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be the king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Maholah, thou shalt anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. May God have blessing to the reading of his word. Elijah found himself dejected. He found himself down and out. And as Christians, we all find ourselves down and out from time to time. We find ourselves in the same place that Elijah was after Jezebel had came out against him. Now let's think about Elijah for just a minute. He had just experienced one of the greatest movings of God that anyone could ever experience. To see God work and move and the way that He did on Mount Carmel, I mean, it had to be awesome. And He was walking around and He was really high on what God had done. And then come the message from Jezebel. Jezebel says, I'm coming for you. And I'm not going to stop until I kill you. And I'll put my own life and stay against yours. So Elijah, it gets him down and out. Suddenly the bottom drops out. And maybe you found your place. Maybe you remember and you found yourself in that spot. 
where you have been among a movement of God. And such a powerful movie it is. And then suddenly something comes and it just knocks the spiritual breath out of And you really don't know what to do. And you're looking back. As Elijah was looking back, as he was there hiding, and he was thinking about everything that he had done for God. He was thinking about everything that had went on in his life. And that's where he found himself. Because here, what we see is not just a depressed, rejected, frustrated Elijah. We see someone that had got so wrapped up in what God had done through him that Elijah was himself taking on some things that were not his to take on. You see, when he was in that cave and the Lord came and the Lord spoke to him and by the way, unto Horeb, the mouth of God, that is the same Mount Horeb that Moses was at. So, Elijah finds himself in the same mountain that Moses found himself at, talking to God. And God talking to him. And he says, and he asks him, why are you here? Why, what doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And notice what Elijah replied to him. Elijah said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. But the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Thrown down your altars, slain your prophets with a sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they sent me. Now, Elijah was a very humble man by nature. We know him, we study him, we read about him, his humility. It's amazing. But here, Elijah sees only himself. He sees only himself standing for God to the people of Israel and to those around him. And it's easy for us to find ourselves, especially in troubled, difficult times, wondering where are the people of God? Where, where are they? When we look at the times that we're facing right now, and we're looking at the onslaught that's coming toward the church. And it was mentioned earlier when they were talking about the stained glass windows and the statues of Christ and the other uh, monuments and statues and things of the church as being racist. And they need to be torn down. And they need to be removed. That is the beginning of what they're going to be asking for. That is the beginning of where this is going. And it's not about race. It's not about any of these things. It is about evil. It is about evil. It is a way the devil is stirring the pot in order to bring about frustration against the house of God and the people of God. That's what Elijah had saw in his day. And there he was talking to the Lord and the Lord was asking him, what are you doing here? 
And Elijah goes into this spiel about what he had done and how he's made himself available and what Israel has done and how they turned away and yet he's, and he's the only one left. We find ourselves that way very often. And when we do, let's remember Elijah. Let's remember the circumstances that he found himself in. Because not only do we find his frustration and we find our frustration here, but we also find encouragement. We find encouragement because God didn't come against Elijah. God didn't punish Elijah. God didn't chastise Elijah. What he did, he ministered to Elijah. When he said, what doest thou here, Elijah? He's wanting Elijah to talk to him. Have you ever been in this spot in any way, shape, form, or fashion? And you've wondered what's going on. You're, you're down and you're out. And maybe you have found yourself your own personal cave to go hide in. And God has came and asked you, what are you doing here? He wants you to talk to. He wants you to spend time with Him. You see, God is asking today, all across this land, what are you doing here? He's asking the church, what are you doing here? He's asking the individual saints of God, what are you doing here? He's asking us to talk to Him and to hear from Him. He's asking us to let Him refresh us, encourage us, and yes, even revive us for what lies ahead looking down the road because God knows where we're going. God knows where He's taking us with all of this. And God knows that He wants His church and His true church, the saints of His, uh, of His Son, Jesus Christ, they're going to be there. So if we're saved, if we're born again, if we are the saints of God, we're going to be there. And God's going to be asking us, what are you doing here? He's going to be wanting to talk to us. Because if you haven't experienced this kind of difficulty in your spiritual walk, you will. You will. And if you have, and if you can think of those times, I trust you can find encouragement from this as Elijah found it. But God told him, after he listened to Elijah, he said, go, go and stand on the mount before the Lord. And the Lord passed by. The Lord passed by and three things happened. The wind. There was a strong wind, a wind so powerful that it tore the mountains. That it rent them. And it even broke rocks into pieces. That's some powerful wind. But God wasn't in it. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, and after the earthquake, there was a fire. God wasn't in them either. God didn't come to Elijah through those things. He might have allowed them. And he might have even called upon them. 
as an introduction, but he didn't come. God came to Elijah in a still, small voice. When we find ourselves struggling, and we find ourselves in one of these spots where Elijah was in, like Elijah, we're looking for God to show up just like he did on Mount Carmel. We're looking for God to show up in a, in a wind, a major wind that's powerful enough to move mountains and to destroy rocks. Or in an earthquake that shakes and gets everybody's attention. Or in a fire that consumes. But what happens when God shows up in a still small voice? We're not prepared for that. Elijah was taken back. But God comes to talk to us in ways that we will listen to. He comes to talk to us in ways that He can reason with us. He comes to talk to us in ways that we can learn from Him and we can gain the encouragement and we can gain the revival and we can gain what is necessary for us to move forward in His work in bringing His ministry and His message to those lost souls that are out there. There's people all around us today that are consumed with hatred. They're consumed with violence. They're consumed with all kinds of rage. And they don't know the still small voice of the Lord. They've not experienced Jesus. They've not experienced Him. And, and that scenario, it covers all races of people. It covers all financial areas. I, if you, the rich, the poor, the political, the non-political. It, it, it covers many. It's a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of anything else. So if we're wanting to see things change, if we want to see the world change. If we want to see God move, we've got to look for that still small voice. God's going to show up in these earthquakes. And He's going to show up in these mighty winds. And He's going to show up in these fires. But He's not going to show up in that way for God's people. He's going to show up that way for those that continue to reject Him. When God showed up and rained fire down from Mount Carmel, it was for those that rejected Him. Now God's dealing with one of His own and He's coming to a still small voice to give Him some encouragement. We need encouragement today. We need encouragement. And where we find it is from God's Word. Those around us today need encouragement. And we're going to find it from God's Word. We're going to find it in the promises that He made. We're going to find it in the salvation that He gives. We're going to find it in the promises that Jesus came and brought and are fulfilling today in all of our lives. God's not finished. Elijah wrapped his face around his mantle. 
He walked to the entrance of that cave and there he stood there. And God asked him again, what are you doing here? And Elijah goes back through and repeats that whole scenario, the whole thing all over again. And I'm the only one that's left. And they're trying to kill me. And the Lord told him, you need to go. You need to go on thy way to Damascus. When we find ourselves in these spots where we're wondering where God is, things have gotten tough. We're worried. We have found our own little cave and we've brought ourselves back into it. And there we are. And we're waiting on God to move in this mighty, powerful way. We're waiting on Him to move heaven and earth in order to, to, to get everybody's attention and to show everything. And instead of moving like that, God speaks in a still, small voice. And we're still sitting there and we're waiting on things to be okay. We're waiting on the Jezebel that ran us there to be taken care of, whatever that may be, whatever circumstance or situation it may be. But God then steps up and says, what are you doing here? Go on your way. God told Elijah to walk by faith. To walk by faith. To not worry about Ahab and Jezebel. To not worry about the prophets of Baal or anything of Baal that may be left, the remnants of it that are there. Not to worry about revenge or vindication. Not to worry about all of the threats. Not to worry about the violence that has been threatened to come his way. Not to worry about hunger or thirst. Not to worry about any of those things. He asked Elijah to go and to move by faith. And God's going to be asking us to move by faith. He's not going to show us everything He has in store for us going down the road. He's going to ask us to move by faith. Whether it's in our personal lives with the struggles that we face and we find our caves to go hide in. Whether it is in our social lives, whether it is in the political lives of this nation. Whatever it may be that we're facing, whether we're facing it as an individual, whether we're facing it as a church, whether we're facing it as a nation, whether we are facing it in a worldwide view, God's going to be calling His people to move forward in faith, to step out and to walk out into that wilderness, not fearing what the world has to threaten us to do to us, not fearing what the world is wanting to tear down, not fearing what the world has has the munitions and the weaponry and all the other things to do, but fearing God in heaven and knowing as He has empowered Moses and those before Him and Elijah and those in that era and as He's empowered the twelve that followed Christ to establish the church and as He has empowered the many throughout the church that have walked by faith. He will today empower the church just as He did then if we will walk by faith. Elijah shows us a picture of someone walking by faith. Someone that had a problem. 
Someone that had fear that had came into their life. Someone that had found themselves a cave they crawled back in. And God called him out. And God asked him to go by faith and trust him. Is that written down literally? No. But when God said, go return on thy way, return means to go back on the path that you came from. It means to go back on the path that you came from. Elijah lives by faith right on up to this point. God was his anchor. God was the one that he, he held on to. Church, this morning, if we hang on to God, I can't say that life will be easy and comfortable. But I can say it will be fruitful and rewarding. Just because we hang on to Him by faith. Just because we continue to move. And he goes on down and he tells Elijah a little bit about what's to come and about what he wants him to do and about how those are going to behave and handle things what's going to happen. He even prepares him for Elisha, the one that's going to follow in his steps. <coughs> It gives me thought of the message I preached several years ago on Elijah and Elisha. God gave Elisha to Elijah to train as his predecessor. How many of us are willing to train our replacement in God? How many of us are willing to take someone and put them under our wings of mentor and train them in God's work? See, before all of that happened, Elijah was prepared here to go find him, to meet up. You're going to find a young man called Elijah. And when you find him, you take him under your stand. And then later when you read through 1 Kings, you're going to find where God tells him to go prepare him because he's going to be your replacement. You see, God saw all the way down that road. And he told Elijah, your work's not finished yet. You need to get out of this cave. You need to <coughs> go back to the faith that got you through Carmel and get back on that again. The church as a whole, and I'm not talking about every individual, I'm not talking about every congregation, but as a whole, the church today needs to get back on that path, needs to return back to that path. Because we're going to be seeing some difficult times in the days ahead of us. We're going to be threatened. We're going to be hearing a lot of things that's going to make us mad, that's going to aggravate us, that's going to hurt us. We're going to be pushed or attempted to be pushed back into a cave and pushed into silence. 
so that the world can do what they want to do. And the church be muffled. And God, in His still small voice, is going to call us out. And He's going to call us out to return to the path that we just got off. So when we do that, when we find that point, instead of us thinking about it as being I'm the only one left, we come down to verse 18 where Elijah's revival takes place. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed into Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So Elijah found out that he wasn't the only one. Elijah found out that there were 7,000 more just like him. Elijah found out that he didn't stand alone, that God had his army. They might not be assembled in one spot. They may be scattered out across 7,000 plus different places and areas around the world as God needed them to be. But they were there. And Elijah found a revived spirit in that calling. Elijah found that there was a that there was a moving there. There was a revival in his life to carry on and to move forward in faith. And I want you to know this morning, there's a revival waiting in our personal lives today if we will just grasp it. If we'll just avoid those caves, and if we find ourselves in those caves, if we will just wait for that still small that asks us, why are you there? Why are you really there? It's time to move forward. It's time to get back on that path. It's time to get back on the path of holiness and righteousness. Get back on the path. That's what's important. There's a lot that's going on. There's a lot that's pulling people in many directions. (coughs) Families are pulled in multiple directions. Households are torn. Churches are torn. There's there's chaos. God said he wasn't the author of confusion. So you know that chaos is coming from God. That'll be coming from the devil. So if it's coming from him, we don't need to be putting a whole lot of story in it because there's an agenda because we, and that agenda is happening. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that we hang on to what God's given us. Where is We can find strength in it. We can find encouragement in it. We can find revival. Heavenly Father and Lord God, thank you for the privilege of being here and being among your people today. Thank you for the sweet spirit that I felt for being here and feeling you move. Thank you for your word. Lord, I know that I found myself in caves many times. Lord, I know you've had to come to me more than once and ask what I'm going to do. Lord, I'm thankful you did. Lord, I pray for our nation today. I pray for the church. I pray for all the requests that are given. I pray this morning for the sweet pastor as he brings the funeral message of his cousin. 
Lord, I ask that you will move among your people. Give us encouragement. Not only encouragement, but give us the courage to go back and to return to the path that we know is right and true and proper. Heavenly Father, I'll be careful to praise on and glorify you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate your time this morning. Appreciate your patience with me. May God bless you.